You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, I do apologize for the day off yesterday. It was not uh, it was not planned at all, but um, slept in and then, you know, had a busy day and whatnot, so I wasn't able to um, do the podcast. But a big shout out to Clayton for his uh, first episode of Packers Total Access that went live yesterday. Getting lots of positive feedback about that. So again, this is something new that we're kind of trying. I think Clayton's show is probably going to be Saturday afternoons. Like I said, we're planning on at least one more for now. Again, if you're interested, feel free to reach out. I can't guarantee anything, but it would be nice to have some afternoon shows uh, just to kind of try out the format and see how that goes. But uh, thanks again to Clayton for doing a real good job. I actually had some thoughts on some of the stuff he was saying. I had to kind of pause it and rewind and be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, I haven't thought about that. (laughs) But anyways, we do have some news that I uh, missed out on. The final real obvious shoe to fall is the David Bakhtiari contract. Packers converted $11.58 million of left tackle David Bakhtiari's 2022 compensation into signing bonus, creating significant cap space for this season. A busy week for the Packers cap casualty, says Field Yates. Did I say cap casualty? Yikes. (laughs) Busy week for the Packers cap continues. My brain is in a very um, dark place with the Packers cap, apparently. <laughs> I see a C word, and I'm like, casualty, death. Another big week for Packers, hell. I'm, I'm sorry, I mean, continues. Looking at Ken Ingles' breakdown, 2022 cap produced $9.264 million. Assuming two void years added, has now restructured $22.7 million the last two years. Cap hit more than doubles in 2023. Future years read like a franchise quarterback contract. So if we just look at his thing here, and it is quite brutal. David Bakhtiari in 2022 uh, has a salary cap hit 12.939. Next year, David Bakhtiari's cap hit is $28.5 million. I don't mean to keep harping on this, but this is the issue. A lot of people saying stuff like, well, you know, the, the cap isn't real and all that. We can just fix things. You can just make things go away. Um, now I don't know 100,000% that Zedarius is gone. It's possible they work out some kind of a contract, but I want you to realize that there is no situation previously. In other words, the way Ted Thompson used to do things, whatever, the way the Packers have done things that Zedarius should have to leave. We all kind of forget that. I feel like we're all just assuming, well, it's just time for Zedarius to go. No, it's not. It's not time for Zedarius to go. If Zedarius had a reasonable contract, they would not be cutting him right now. If he goes, which it seems like is is very likely, 
it's only because they did so much damage to his contract and they structured it very similarly to how David Bakhtiari's contract is structured right now, where it just becomes impossible to pay the man. It's kind of similar to Aaron Jones, where it's like, there's no reason you should have to get rid of Aaron Jones at all. But they structured a contract where you look at it and just say, they can't keep him after this point. I mean, they've basically cut off, cut, put a, a uh, year in place where it's, we're just saying goodbye. And again, I don't know that for Aaron Jones. I know some people are saying, well, they wouldn't take that big of a dead cap hit, which I don't really understand that sentiment. I mean, I do, but I don't. It's, well, they wouldn't cut him because of the dead cap. Well, you can't keep him because of the cap cap. <laughs> but $32 million for David Bakhtiari in 2024. But I, I, I think the situation with Bakhtiari becomes, in 2024, do we move on or do we extend him? Which is probably true with a lot of these things, but it kind of gives us a semi-out, I guess. But I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see how some of these other contracts go with, for example, Zadarius, if they bring him back, which is very unlikely. Uh, what are they going to do? And I don't know what left tackle prices are going to be around that time in 2024 in two years, but either way, $32.5 million is psychotic money. And again, the only reason this is happening is because we need to fix the problems we created yesterday, and we're doing that by creating even more problems. It's just ballooning. It's just ballooning. And so, as many other people pointed out, um, if you want to know what it is they're doing, uh, again, I've, I've said these are obvious, right? David Bakhtiari was an obvious restructure. It had to happen. Kenny Clark had to happen. But the way in which they do it doesn't have to be a certain way. And it seems like most people expected these restructures to be less aggressive, meaning they are going to the maximum with every player, meaning my desire for them to kind of clean up and not push the maximum amount of money into the future does not seem to be the case. That does not really seem to be the situation as it stands. And, um, you know, I, I had um, Mr. Numberman reach out, and he did not like any of my analogies for money. And he, he kind of helped me think through some of the stuff as far as my opinion on what I believe and why I believe it. His basic contention is the way the salary cap is now, the way you can make things work, we can do a cleanup in about a year. So what would be the benefit of doing it now? Why don't we just wait until the window closes and then do a one-year cleanup? It makes no sense to do it now. That was his contention. And I had to kind of think through that because if the issue is about the future, why should it matter, right? There's no reason for me to worry about, let's say Aaron Rodgers has a window. Let's just say it's two to three years. Why destroy the team now during the window when we can just wait until after and then just have the one bad year and then move on. Because we're going to have a, a, a rough period anyways where we try to find a new quarterback and everything else. Let's make that the bad year instead of now. And so I guess what I realized is my issue isn't as much a the, the quote-unquote future. It's actually the present. We are hurting the future, there's no question. But we're also hurting the present window. Zadarius Smith is a perfect example of that. How are we hurting the future? Well, look at what we did with Zadarius in the past, and look how it's hurting the future, i.e. today. There's a lot of things we can't do today in the present window because yesterday we didn't care about the future. Our ability to compete in this window right now is damaged because of what we're doing. 
Next year, when we're still in the same window with Aaron Rodgers and everybody else, it's going to be even harder. We're going to have to cut even more players that we shouldn't have to, and we're going to have even less ability to go out in free agency and compete. So yeah, it's not Jordan Love's team or our next quarterback's team that's going to be hurt by this. It's Aaron Rodgers and this present team and this present window that is being crippled by all of this. We don't have any money today because of the way the contracts are being structured. We're going to have even less money next year to compete in this present window. So I think if you think about it in, in, in those terms, not so much present and future, because yes, if you just think about this year, pushing all the money out to tomorrow is the best thing you can do for this year. And don't worry about the future because we can deal with the future later. But that's not the point. We're already hurting because of what we did in the past. We're going to be hurting next year even more so. If you think about it in terms of windows, which we love to talk about, especially when we talk about Aaron Rodgers and his window. Aaron Rodgers had a a great, basically 10-year window under Ted Thompson because we didn't do this. And every year we could just bring back everybody and we can bring in new new blood. And if we felt like we were close, we can go out and get a um, Charles Woodson and win a Super Bowl. We can go out and get a Julius Peppers. We can take these big swings without having to destroy anything. And the way we're doing things now, the window is massively shortened to the point where this is not sustainable. And it's already having negative impacts. 2022 season is much more difficult to, to do anything than it was in 2021, which is more difficult than it was in 2020. And 2023 is going to be even more difficult than this. And you say, well, not if, not if we clean it up at the same time. Number one, exactly. But number two, again, the only way you do that is by cutting talent. And you take on dead money. So you can say that that helps, you know, the, the Zadarius thing, for example. Well, if you, if you cut Zadarius, then next year, all that money is off the table, off the book. So 2023 isn't going to be worse than 2020, or 2022, excuse me. It'll be about the same because we're, we're cutting as we're, as we're doing this. Okay, but then 2023, we're going to have to cut somebody else. So we're, we're just purging talent in order to keep this thing going, which is meant to be able to keep talent. It's counterproductive. So it's not the same thing. This year, we're going in without Zadarius to be able to pay for all the stuff that we did. He's, he's basically a financial sacrifice. You can say, well, he's not as talented as he was anyways, and he's coming off injury. That's not the point. The point is, if he had a reasonable contract, we'd just bring him back. He's not a bad football player. And if nothing else, even if it was time to move on, the massive amount of dead money that we're going to take on just to get him off this team is crippling. So again, it, it was just kind of a... a um, slight adjustment to my thought of of what exactly the issue is. It's kind of the future, but it's also very much the present. Because again, when we we say it's time to completely start over, we can do that. We can clean up the cap, bing, bang, boom. Everybody's gone, bring on new guys, fresh new cap, all done. The problem with that theory generally, though, is that we're not going to do, there's always going to be an overlap of guys that you can't just get rid of. Right, you're not going to just cut everybody that has a restructured contract. You know, 26 year old, such a you know Kenny Clark. We're not just going to kick him off the team because hey, sorry, we're moving in a new direction. No, we're still going to be carrying around that terrible contract because he's not leaving, obviously. And I don't think the Packers have any desire to just go to zero and just get rid of everybody that has talent. So I don't know that we can just completely do a 180 on on the contract situations. Anyways, with all that in place, Ken Engel still has us. Uh, just about $37 million uh, just before we can get to zero. His effective total salary cap is negative uh, 47 when you factor in other dollars, other monies that we're going to have to come up with. 
practice squad salaries, um, money that you would want carrying into the season. He puts that at minimum $5 million. So still a long way to go. Presumably we'll be getting some answers uh, this week. One way or another, Aaron Rodgers' contract is going to plummet, whether that's because he's gone or got a reworked contract. That'll be a huge chunk. And then again, I, I do expect Zadarius to be gone. Some whisperings about um, potentially you know, the Packers wanting to bring him back. I know Brian Gutekunst had mentioned something, um, obviously sounded very non-committal, but essentially saying, you know, a lot of things would have to go right in order to bring Zadarius back. Um, and I would kind of take him at face value on that. In other words, I don't think that they are 100% opposed to it. I think they'd be open to it if they can make it work, which again, I'm not a fan of, but make it work would have to mean a lot of different things. And quite possibly make it work might just be, you know, if Aaron Rodgers leaves, there's a window here to possibly bring you back. I mean, that, that may be what it has to, I don't know. But I, 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 at the very least, take him at his word that there is a scenario, albeit a very small scenario, that he would be brought back. Um, but again, my assumption is he's, he's going to be gone. That'll clear up a ton of space as well. I think the one thing I wanted to comment on from uh, last afternoon's podcast that I thought was real interesting Clayton was talking yesterday about um, Rodgers taking a pay cut, and everybody gets real mad about Rodgers and how he doesn't, you know, seem to ever want to take a pay cut like Brady does. Which again, I don't really, I haven't done the work to really look into that, and I probably should because it feels like one of those things that everybody says but is somewhat misinformed about. It's just more of a gut feeling than anything else because again, I haven't looked into it, but it's just it's one of those things that just keeps getting repeated, and I feel like there's there's more to this. First of all, the fact that nobody can bring up a single second name. Not that there isn't one, but is there, any, is there anybody else out there at all that anybody can bring up out of the hundreds or thousands of NFL players that have come and gone over the years? Can anybody name one other person that has done this? If not, then it seems less like Rodgers is selfish and more like Brady is very, very unique. And on top of that, again, I don't know for sure that he did as much as everybody says he did. Maybe he did. I don't know. But I, I would want to know more about that situation and exactly what all was done. Because again, we always want quick and easy answers. Well, the Patriots won because Brady took a pay cut and then they can go out in free agency and get a guy. And then with that guy, they won the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? That's way too simplistic. I'm not saying it wouldn't have helped, but it, it reminds me of the T. Higgins thing. Well, if we would have had T. Higgins instead of Jordan Love, T. Higgins would have played. And if T. Higgins played, we would have had a better chance of winning and could have won the Super Bowl. Really? We think T. Higgins would make the difference. Interesting. I don't think that's true. And I don't know if we had a little bit of extra cap space, what we'd even be able to do with it right now. He's going to take a pay cut. Okay. So how much per year is that going to free up? $5 million? I can't imagine it would be 10. That's insane. Especially considering there's already money being carried on. Right? I mean, if he gets an extension, we got to carry over all the money that is already sitting on the cap that needs to get paid. $10 million per year cut would be pretty massive, but then what are we going to do with $10 million? What are we going to do that's going to guarantee a Super Bowl? I understand it'll help a little bit. Maybe we can bring somebody back. I don't know. Does $10 million bring Zedarius back? Probably help with, a, uh, with Devontae's contract a little bit, but he's coming back either way. It's not like we wouldn't have Devontae without that. Anyways, aside from all that, that's not really the point. Obviously, more money is beneficial. I just don't like the, the oversimplicity of it you know, the Patriots won because Tom Brady took a pay cut. We can't win because Rodgers won. Well, okay. Who else has taken pay cuts? Because a lot of other teams are winning Super Bowls. But the point that he brought up that kind of got the gears turning a little bit is that it's not just an Aaron Rodgers equation. It's not just a matter of Rodgers doesn't want to give up his money. The point Clayton made 
is that Rodgers has been very vocally a sort of a pro-union guy. You know, when, whenever it's a, there's a big union vote or whatever, Rodgers is very vocal. And he takes the stance of, I, I guess you would call it pro-player. But as I said, usually it's pro-superstar and not so much pro-player. You know, the, the, he wants to protect the superstars and all that um, and take those positions. Usually the little guys vote against it because they're, they're just looking for opportunities and whatnot. But anyways, the point is he is pro-superstar versus the owners. And for the same reason, I mean, think about it. When, when, um, when other offensive tackles make massive amounts of money, David Bakhtiari would get excited. Why? Because it means he's about to make a bunch more money because the bar just got raised. Every single time somebody gets paid, the bar gets raised. There are a lot of wide receivers out there hoping that Devontae Adams gets paid the maximum amount of money, not necessarily for Devontae, but for themselves. They want the bar to keep rising and rising and rising and rising. If Aaron Rodgers had taken pay cuts at each of these stops, he's not just taking less money for himself. He's not advancing the upward mobility of all the quarterbacks. He's lowering the bar, and it'll get up there eventually, but it, it, it negatively impacts everybody, puts more power in the hands of the owners and the GMs to be able to say, you know, I know you're asking for 40, and you were hoping Rodgers would get like 43 so that you could easily either get 40 or say, hey, he got 43, I want 45, but Rodgers just took 38, so I don't think we're going to give you 40. The two-time MVP gets 38, why do you think you should get more? I know Pat Mahomes got this, I know that, I get all that, but I don't know. You know, it, it, it shifts things. And so I don't know how much that comes into play in this situation. Rodgers is in a unique situation with his age. Um, maybe it wouldn't impact the field quite as much, especially when you got a bunch of other guys already making a ton of money. I don't know that he's going to set the bar as the highest or whatever. And I don't know that it would negatively impact things. But it is interesting to keep that in mind when you look at Rodgers in the past, in particular, when he was setting the next record highest. Again, it's, it's not just about him, it's about everybody else. And they all view it that way. And you can, t- you can tell, go look at social media. They all get super excited when somebody gets that new next highest contract because that bumps up their pocketbook as well. And it just advances the cause. Even for guys that aren't getting another contract, they're all still excited about it because it's about, it's about us as a, as, a, as a unit. You get excited about the next guys up getting that next big pay bump. And so I, I do think it's kind of a, um, on one hand, it's, a, it's seen as a respect thing. You know, for Devontae Adams, people say, well, maybe he won't take, you know, the, the highest, or maybe he'll look to take a little less because this, that, or the other. Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in football, and he's worked incredibly hard to get to that spot. I think in his mind and in that world, I should be paid and compensated accordingly. I should be getting that next highest contract, which demonstrates to the entire NFL field, this is the best that there is. I mean, even if he wasn't the best, he should be getting the top spot just because that's what happens. If you're a top, a top wide receiver, you get that next top dollar amount. But he's the top, and so he's going to squeeze out of respect. But even beyond that, I do think it's true that guys like not just Rodgers, but Devontae and pretty much the, the rest of everybody else sees it as, I'm going to raise the tide for everybody. I'm going to set that bar as high as I possibly can so that everybody after me can, can build on that. Because the only reason Devontae is getting as high of a contract as he is is because guys before him doing that same thing. So again, I hadn't really considered that, but I, I do think that also plays a part in it. I think if Rodgers takes a pay cut, he's not just hurting himself, which, you know, well, well, poor baby, he's got enough money. Yeah, well, that's a separate thing. But I think he's also going to be seen as sort of betraying everybody else. Why would you sacrifice yourself, hurt yourself just to sacrifice yourself and, and everybody else? 
because you want to win? Okay, well, that's the team's job to figure out. You want me, this is my price. And, uh, you know, he, he, he's not at a point where he necessarily needs to squeeze. And again, he, Rodgers himself might be in a different situation right now. Again, the contracts have gotten so massive. I don't think what he does in this unique situation is going to impact the field all that much. Although, again, if he does get the next highest contract, that just sets the bar higher. I don't know if he's going to get that, though. I don't know. Either way, it's another interesting thing to kind of reorient the way we think about things. And I thought it was a great point. Anyways, um, with the uh, belief that Zedarius is going to be leaving, some people have started to talk, um, got some insider information, which again, you always want to take it with a grain of salt, but this is coming by way of, uh, by way of Tony Pauline. I like Tony Pauline. I can't really tell you necessarily um, how reliable each and every guy is, but, but Pauline is a guy that I generally trust. Now, with everybody in the media, there's, there's always going to be things you hear that has some truth to it. It's never going to be 100%. It's never really going to be 0%. It's somewhere in between. You know, they're hearing things. Okay, well, from who and how serious is it? So nothing is ever really 100%, but it's good to be able to kind of hear certain things. He's just passing along what he's hearing and, you know, take it for what it's worth. But the question is, if Sidarius leaves, which is assumed, what is his market? Where is he going to end up? According to Pauline, Smith is entering the final year of his four-year deal and carries $27.7 million cap number in 2022. The Packers would gain $15.75 million in cap relief if they cut him. What happens then? Several sources tell me Smith would be one of the most sought-after pass rushers in free agency and could come away with the richest contract of any edge rusher. The top edge rushers in uh, the top 50 list that they put together includes Chandler Jones, Von Miller, Jadavian Clowney, and Randy Gregory. If Smith hits the open market, he would likely vault near the top of that list, which I don't think is overly surprising. Um, you know, if, if you were to put a list together, even if you assume Zadarius is declining, clearly Jadavian Clowney is not. I mean, he never really peaked at any point. I mean, I, I, that's not really fair. He might have had one or two pretty dominant years, but um, Randy Gregory, no. Chandler Jones, I don't think would necessarily at his age be, but, but Von Miller would maybe be the one I would probably put ahead. Even, even though Von has kind of fallen off, I would probably rather have Von. But it makes sense, right? Zadarius at his best clearly is a dominating force, and he's, he's a, a versatile guy. The way that you can move him all over the field is, is going to be such a coveted thing. So it sounds like he's going to go somewhere and, and get a ton of money. Potential landing spots for Zadarius Smith is what also is kind of interesting. He says, I'm told Baltimore, which drafted Smith in the fourth round of the 2015 NFL draft, is a possibility, yet right now sources tell me the smart money is the Kansas City Chiefs. How sickening would that be? Obviously, that's my commentary and not his. Says they will go hard after Smith as soon as he's cut. The Chiefs were 29th in the NFL in sacks last season, and the rumor is Frank Clark may get the axe. Plus, there's still a question as to Melvin Ingram's future with the team. If one or both are gone, Smith would be a welcome addition. Now, again, I, I thought Frank Clark was a bad idea. I never really cared for Frank, Frank Clark. I always thought he was overrated. I said that when they picked him up and everybody said I was nuts because he was considered one of the best pass rushers in football. And I said, that's stupid. And it was. He's done very little when he went to Kansas City. The media hyped him up constantly as though he was this great force over in Kansas City, but the stats never backed that up. His grades were always quite low. And so I wonder if the Chiefs do this, are they doing this? Are they setting themselves up for failure again? They're getting another big name guy. They're going right to the Frank Click Frank Clark was the top guy on the list of, of pass rushers, and they went out and snagged him because he was the top guy and was considered to be XYZ. Remember what I said about Zadarius, though. 
In 2019, this is, I mean, so we're several years out now. 2019, he was a force, an absolute force. In 2020, he dropped off and then won MVP. So nobody, that was when everybody just started to notice him was in 2020. And his sacks were still relatively high. So nobody thinks that there was a a decline. Nobody knows that there was a decline. And then 2021, he got hurt. He had one fluky year in 2019, which as I said, he's never going to be able to replicate. 2020, everybody assumes he replicated it again. And is just this dominant force and everybody knows that that's not true. And then again, he's just coming off an entire season of injury. And not to mention, he's just three years older than he was in 2019. He's not a young buck anymore. So I, I you know, and plus you, you don't sign him to a one-year contract. If you're going to give him a mega contract, it's going to be at least four years, I would assume. Maybe you can get out of it after two, three, but what are you going to get this year? What are you going to get next year? What are you going to get the year after that? What are you going to get out of him in 2024, 2025? Anything? Plus, let's not forget he had help here. Preston, Rashawn, Kenny. We're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs who are a terrible pass rush unit. And if, Kenny, if Frank Clark leaves, what do they have? What, what, do we, what does he have to work with? He's just going to have what he had here in you know, 2020 where he was just double teamed every single play. So, you know, Zadarius Smith, there's no question, is a good football player, but I just feel like it's one of those things where somebody's going to overpay for the guy. And there's going to be an assumption of just dominance. And I'm sure if he goes to the right situation uh, that really utilizes his talents and has the ability to get him, you know, get him free and not just be double teamed every single play, you can get some production. But just throwing, you know, again, I think the problem with the Chiefs is that they just thought if they just throw maximum money at the top guy on a list that they can fix their pass rush and that didn't work and they might be doing it again. They need to have a better plan than that if they're going to actually improve their pass rush. In addition to that, and as I said, I expect Devontae Adams to be back, but Tony Pauline also took a crack at Devontae Adams, uh, asking the question, what if he leaves? What are the rumors about Devontae? He says, Adams will be one of the most closely watched free agents in 2022, assuming he makes it to the market. There's a belief the Packers are furiously trying to get under the salary cap uh, in part to franchise Adams, which would make sense, right? Why are they clearing up the maximum amount of money possible? Because if you're going to franchise tag him, you need to clear up a massive amount of money. Now, on a per year basis, the franchise tag is less money. But if they give him an extension, if they actually come to terms on a contract, his cap hit this year would be less. So they need more money to be able to franchise tag him this year. Goes on to say that will likely set off fireworks as the $19 million salary that comes along with the franchise tag at wide receiver is 9 to $11 million below the contract Adams desires and hopes to become the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. That's according to him. I'm hoping that's not the reality. <laughs> Adams just finished up a four-year $58 million contract that turns out to be a great value for the Packers. Adams was 19th in average annual value, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Goes on to say he made less money than inferior players like Amari Cooper, Jarvis Landry, Kenny Galladay, Julio Jones, and Robert Woods. That should change soon, however. If Adam gets the multi-year contracts he deserves, it could be a record breaker. Track estimates the market value at $25.8 million annually. Figuring out a way to make that fit on the Packers' balance sheet is a challenge. Again, these are self-inflicted wounds. This should not be a problem. They are projected $48 million over the cap, which is almost uh, all due to Rodgers' $46.7 million cap figure in 2022. If Adams hits the open market, where could he land? I previously reported the Denver Broncos are expected to target Adams. The Las Vegas Raiders, who will be about $40 million under the cap and need a receiver, will go after Adams if he's available. The Jacksonville Jaguars, another wide receiver needy team, who are a whopping $70 million under the cap, are expected to make a run at Adams. 
I'm also told the LA Chargers, who are under the cap a little more than $58 million, are another team to watch. The Chargers will be paying veteran Keenan Allen a projected $19 million in 2022. However, wide receiver two Mike Williams is set to hit free agency. Adams would be an upgrade and give Justin Herbert a lethal weapon. So, I mean, there's a lot of teams out there with a lot of money, and um, I think you could make the case that, I mean, for example, the Jaguars. If I'm the Jaguars, I am paying absolutely, if he wants 28, I'll give him 28. I don't care. We have so much money because, again, we have a garbage team. We have no players to pay. On top of that, we went out and got one of the more talented quarterback prospects to come out in a very long time, and he had a terrible year. I'm going to throw everything I can at, at helping him. I don't care if we have the 32nd ranked defense in football and never win a game. Our quarterback is going to dominate the stats because we're going to build up this offensive line and the wide receivers and the tight end, and he's just going to go out there and feast. And if we're going to lose it, we're going to lose 52 to 45 every game. I want my quarterback to shine. And so we're going to go get Devontae Adams, for sure. Uh, the, the Raiders, there's obviously the connection between um, Carr and Devontae. They went to college together. They played college football together. Carr has mentioned several times he'd love to be there. I'm sure Devontae would love to be reunited with him. I mean, if he has to leave. As for the Broncos, I, I don't know. I don't know. I n- I'd never understand the, the Broncos stuff. I mean, who's going to be throwing to him? But, you know, obviously there's, there's the offensive coordinator, so there's some familiarity there. But um, I'm sure there are plenty of teams. In fact, I, I, it's probably easier to make a case for teams wanting Devontae than teams wanting Rodgers, just because who in the world wouldn't want Devontae Adams? I mean, you could say that about Rodgers if you want, but I mean, come on, should we count them off? The Chiefs do not want Rodgers. The Bills do not want Rodgers. The Chargers do not want, you know what I mean? You can go on and on and on down this list. And it makes it tough for us too, because, you know, Devontae knows that, and Devontae knows the mess we're in with the salary cap. And Devontae knows Rodgers isn't going to be around here forever. I mean, he even knows his career. You know, this is probably his last contract. So, you know, I, I don't doubt he would like to be a Packer, but I don't think he's willing to give up anything to stay. I have worked my entire life to be the best wide receiver in all of football. This is the one time I'm ever going to be rewarded for that. I will be paid the maximum, period. End of story. I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with him one bit. I agree with that entirely. I think most people do. I mean, we'd love for him to stay, but if I'm Devontae, I will take the highest contract, period. I, I would hate to go flounder in Jacksonville or whatever, but I'll get over it, and I'll go compete, and I'll still dominate, and hopefully the team will be great. Trevor Lawrence is obviously talented. Whatever. If nothing else, I've got a multi-million dollar mansion in Jacksonville, Florida. I'll survive. I mean, he obviously plays on a really good team right now, but how many Super Bowls has he won? So if he goes to Jacksonville and they're not very good, the only difference is he's not going to have to play in the playoffs. He gets off early. So I don't know. That's just my thought. And, and I tend to think that's his thought. I mean, I, of course, he would love to go to a competitor. Maybe that make you know, and, and if we're talking about a pennies here, you know, one team's offering 27.5, one team's offering 28. Well, if 27.5 is a playoff team and 28 is a trash team, then forget it. But, you know, again, the point is he's not taking a hometown discount unless it's minor. You know, again, if it's that half a million deal or whatever, maybe even a million to be able to stay here. I don't know. But I also think that's why the Packers are furiously looking for a, a franchise tag because they know there's a good chance if we don't get this done, he gone. And they, they're going to need that leverage from him because he doesn't want to play on a tag. Nobody wants to play on a tag. If he gets injured, that, that big contract is just out the window. So, you know, if he thinks a team could give him 28 and the Packers are up at, let's say, 26, and he's like, I'm not taking that. Okay, how about this? We're going to franchise tag you. And you can either take 26 guaranteed locked up, you know, hundred and some odd million dollars, $104 million, whatever. 
You can sign on the dotted line, get that today, massive signing bonus. You're just going to get just a huge chunk of money. Or you risk injury this year and your price plummets next year, or possibly just a decline. And plus, you're just a year older. You want to risk that so you can get an extra million bucks a year, $2 million a year? What if it's career ending? It's unlikely, but it could happen. Are you going to risk that, or are you just going to sign on the dotted line for over $100 million? That's the leverage of the franchise tag. That's why the Packers want to put that on them, because it gives them massive leverage in the, in the in negotiation. Anyways, um, we'll take a break here. Don't forget to check me out on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. At the uh, pinned to the top, you've got uh, Drew looking to get help to get a seizure service dog. Uh, he was diagnosed with epilepsy, so we're trying to band together as a as a community and help him to get that. Also looking to raise money for uh, Cody, another member of our community. Uh, Jamie and Carter were hit head-on in a car accident. They were taken flight for life to the hospital, and so we're looking to be able to help out with medical expenses as well as travel expenses that are going to be um, incurred. Thank you very much to Kevin for donating $100, and an anonymous donor of $1,000 is obviously massive. Um, We're making great progress to be able to get to that goal. So thank you guys so much for your generosity. Also, don't forget about amodernfrontier.com. You can get yourself an eighth of a cow, a quarter of a pig, get you some meat to put on the grill. The temperature is about to go up a little bit here in Wisconsin. It should be warm enough for me to finally brave the elements. <laughs> I think I can tolerate 40. I was grilling in the in the cold before, but I've just, I don't know. I just haven't done it. I need to do it. I need to get out there. But anyways, go check out amodernfrontier.com. Use promo code MEATPACKER. That's one word, all caps. You get $25 off your order. If you have any questions, just feel free to reach out to him, and he'll be able to let you know if he can ship it to you, et cetera, et cetera. But we'll take a break, and we'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we've got another kind of a big report that wasn't really a big report, but um, it only got 2,400 likes, 182 retweets. And then kind of even the bigger reveal only got 546 likes. Thanks to uh, JJ for pointing this out to me. But Benjamin Albright, who's another sort of insider type guy, another guy that um, I don't really have any reason to believe is not truthful uh, as far as having some sources or whatever. Um, Well, let me just read it. He says, suspect uh, McAfee show ratings will reach new highs this Tuesday. Now, that by itself is a duh. I could have told you that because, I mean, it was new highs last time. It'll be even higher this time because the assumption is every time it's going to be the announcement. The interesting part comes in, though. Um, Neil on Twitter says, someone leaked that he's staying so we can get over this charade. Benjamin retweets that, quote tweets that, and says, what do you think I'm doing, dot, dot, dot. In other words, he's leaking or trying to say that um, Aaron Rodgers is about to announce that he's staying. Now, I didn't necessarily know how, because con- again, this is such a weird way to say it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, wait, wait, what are, is this, are you being serious or what is this? Because it sounds to me like he would have inside information that he's about to make his announcement. But he's clearly saying that he's staying. They're about to announce this Tuesday that he's staying. So anyways, JJ went out and just asked for the clarification and got it because there was some back and forth between him and and some Packers people that were fighting about stuff or whatever. And Benjamin had made some kind of a comment about being banter. And I'm like, wait, what what part is banter? Like, let's be very clear about what's going on. So JJ says, to be clear, this talking about his big announcement that he's coming back is not banter, correct? And he says, I thought I was clear, but yes, this is not. So According to Benjamin Albright, I mean, we, we've covered it from all angles now. This Tuesday, he will announce that he is staying. Now, could this be him just doing that thing where he guesses uh, that he's hearing some things and he's filling in the blanks? He heard that Rogers is going to make his announcement this Tuesday and is assuming he's staying. I don't know, but this is kind of putting a lot on the line here. Now, it is worth pro- pointing out this is what the argument was about, but... Um, there was a screenshot posted of this little exchange. Now, he says it's banter, but, it, you know, okay. Somebody says, bet the house on Rodgers returning to Green Bay and get your money up, boys. He's not going to Denver, LOL. Benjamin Albright responded to that. Do you want to lose your money? You should definitely do that. So then uh, that Tyler chimes in, remind me of this in three weeks. And Benjamin says, double remind, please. So he can call that banter if he wants, but that's, that's clearly not just banter. I mean, it's, it's banter, but what it, <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. Like, oh, I definitely know that he's coming back, but I'm just joking with the guy and putting it on the line that he's going to lose all his money if he bets on Rodgers coming back. So anyways, the point is, he seemed to have had a different opinion at a different time. That doesn't really change the fact that he seemingly has some information that um, Rodgers is going to make an announcement and the announcement is that he's going to stay. This would be a lot bigger news if, number one, we haven't had so many reports that were just stupid. And number two, this isn't what I've already been assuming since, what, November? 
December. It's It's been less about what's going to happen and when is it finally going to freaking happen so we can move on with our lives. But again, like I said, this week should be a very big news week. Um, the Combine technically starts today, although I don't know how much of that we're going to be able to hear. Maybe a little bit of media, this, that, or the other. Uh, a couple little, you know, because you got media things there, so take some pictures. Maybe they can grab a guy. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just hoping for something. Problem is, I mean, the, the, the draft season is in like full swing and we haven't even touched on it. It's funny because during the season, if you try to talk about the draft, everybody's like, dude, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Wait until the season's over. Then the season ended or our season ended. And it's like, wait until the whole season is over. Like, All right. Then the Super Bowl finishes and it's like, all right, let's talk about the draft. It's like, dude, are you kidding me? We got to figure out what's going on with Rodgers. We got to figure out what's going on with Devante. We got to figure out the salary cap. It's like, dude, we, we have talked about this pretty extensively. <laughs> like, <laughs> when can we start to talk about adding new players? Like, that's kind of a big deal. That's kind of an exciting thing. But it, it just, it seems like the, this is just never going to end. And we, we can't, maybe until like two weeks before the draft, we can't even start talking about it. <laughs> I know that's not true for everybody. Some people are already in full swing, but it's just, it's just kind of funny. But again, um, that has started. Tomorrow we've got Pat McAfee show, which hopefully there's some kind of an announcement. There's still a cynical part of me that's like, we're not going to get anything. And even if we do, it's not going to be what we want it to be. And even if he says he's coming back, that really doesn't change a ton. I mean, it's, it's confirmation of what most of us already knew. And then it's a matter of, okay, what does that mean? Well, we got to figure it out. We got you know, we're good says, well, we're, we're working through that. And then what are we going to do? We're going to speculate, oh, crap. He says he wants to come back, but that doesn't mean the team isn't still going to trade him. What if, 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 and then all the potential clickbait, you know, the, the first person that puts out that um, the Packers are still considering trading Aaron Rodgers, no matter how fake that is, that person's going to get a bunch of clicks, bunch of them, right? So it's not like Aaron Rodgers, I mean, it's possible he could, but I don't think so. It's not like Rodgers is going to say, I've decided to stay, I've talked with the Packers, and here's the whole structure, here's how much I'm getting here. That's not going to happen. So he's, he's going to say, I've decided to come back and, and play football and, and probably will elaborate on that by saying, so he's, he's talking with the Packers and is hopeful that they can work out a deal, which again, is not going to be the amount of closure that we were hoping for. So it's still going to get strung out. And then, um, I don't know, we'll see how it goes. I would have to think because again, they, they need to free up a bunch more money and I don't think they can do anything. There's no way in, in the world, I don't think that they can tag Devante without getting a deal done with Rodgers, like a done deal. So I do think it'll happen soon. I just don't think it'll be a part of the announcement tomorrow. And I don't think they're going to want to spoil the announcement by, you know, breaking news, Aaron Rodgers. Maybe, who knows? Maybe that'll be how this works. We'll get some kind of a breaking news thing at like 1030 or, or 11, because Rodgers usually goes on an hour later, so at like noon. So 1130, there's a big breaking news announcement. The Packers have reached a deal with Aaron Rodgers, blah, blah, blah. And then he's just going to be on there to be the first to talk about it 30 minutes later on Pat McAfee's show. You know, I don't know. I'm just saying, I don't, prepare for disappointment always. All right. <laughs> prepare for disappointment always. There's a chance that he doesn't say anything. And there's a chance that he is going to say something. And basically it's that he's decided not to retire. He is going to come back to football. He is talking with the Green Bay Packers and hopes to be able to reach a deal. That's, that is my top expectation. Mostly again, because I'm just a cynic. And I think we expect there to be closure, and there's not going to be closure. There's going to be a step toward a decision. And then it's going to be another week of speculating what's going to happen. What is the contract going to look like? When are they going to get this done? They got to get it. So it just shifts. It goes from, we need an answer, we need an answer, we need an answer to, okay, we, we, we need a contract, we need a contract, we need a contract. Oh, no, I bet he's getting traded. He's getting, they, they have, they can't wait this long. They're going to have to trade. Oh, they, they, they haven't come to an agreement. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, this is, it's a never-ending thing. 
which I guess I should be grateful for, but I'm not. I'm done with it. I'm ready to be ready to be done with all of this. But anyways, I gots to get going. Again, fingers crossed for big news tomorrow. Fingers crossed for some closure. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.